0: I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth Ministries. I've been talking to you about Christmas. Christmas is Roman Catholicism. Christmas is the mass of Roman Catholicism. Uh, It is eating human flesh. It's pretending to eat human flesh. That's what the Roman Catholics think. And uh, it's not actually eating human flesh, but it's cannibalism. They raise the Eucharist up and they say, Hacus fully, And they say that it magically turns into the body and blood of Christ. And you have to walk down an aisle in a Catholic church and let the priest give you that Eucharist or let him put it on your tongue. And then you're eating the body of Christ and you'll have eternal life. Well, that's not what Jesus meant when he said, Except eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. He's talking about eating and drinking of truth. He said, my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Indeed is the word flesh, It means of truth. It means to take the cover off. Now, I wrote a Christmas song. I'm going to have to... uh, It's a little on the sarcastic side, but I'm going to have to explain it to you for you to understand it. Israel killed their children in a fire just southeast of Jerusalem. If this is Jerusalem, this is Jerusalem right here. It's in the land of Benjamin. It's not in the land of Judah. In the land of Benjamin. And right southeast of Jerusalem was a place called Tophet. And Israel burned their children in the fire to Tophet. You'll find Tophet mentioned in the 30th chapter of Isaiah and the last several verses God says I kindle the fires of Tophet that's the same thing when, Je- when Isabel, uh, Isabel, Jezebel I don't know where I got Jezebel where Jezebel was married down into northern Israel by Ahab he married Jezebel she brought her father's gods in what we call Lebanon Tyre and Sidon with her And this finally came down into southern Judah when Jehoshaphat was running around with Ahab, the king of northern Israel, and their daughter and son Jehoram and Athaliah saw each other and married each other. So they brought this custom down to southern Judah and Israel would kill their children or they would offer them in the fire to Tophet. This is the same system that was brought into into, uh, Roman Catholicism, and it was the Feast of Saturn in Rome. It had a different name in every city-state, the Feast of Saturn. I'm trying to explain the song that I wrote, okay? That's what it is. And Tophet was the, Tophet comes from the word Toph, means drum they would play the drums real loud so they couldn't hear the cries of their babies being burnt in the fires in tophet and then the the fire worshipers were led by the priest of Baal priest is the word kahan kahan baal and the kahan is the word priest if we translate it into english it is the word c-o-h-e-n well mickey cohen was a gangster in the 30s and 40s in the mob and he was going around offering sacrifices we was actually shooting people down with a machine gun if you want to call that a sacrifice and so it means priest of baal and they shorten it to c-a-h-a-n-a b-a-l and later on took on the word k-c-a-n-n-i-b-a-l and that's the same thing the catholics the roman catholics are doing in their roman catholic church when they say those words over their eucharist and it supposedly turns into the body and blood of christ so the priests are giving out this eucharist and they're doing the same thing the priests of bell actually offered living sacrifices on their altars and they ate from those altars, and they were uh, they were cannibals. That's what the mass is. And then the priests of Baal wore tall white pointed hats and white sheets. You can get this out of out of uh, uh, history of Israel by Alfred Etershie, and you turn to the. Look in the back in the index, and go to the index of the index of these books will take you where you need to go. So you go to the index, you look up First Kings in the History of Israel by Edersheim. First Kings eighteen, where where uh, Elijah is facing the priests of Baal on Mount Carmel, and they call Baal the Fire God that's why they offer the children in the fire and they call them the fire god and uh, of Bell wore tall white pointed hats and white sheets the KKK comes out of the same thing as the roots of Christmas it's just insanity if you're black in America and you're keeping Christmas you're crazy because Christmas is the very seed of the Klan and they worshipped the flaming cross on Lady Day in the ancient world. What looks like the clan, doesn't it, Lady Day? Well, if you're black and you're and you're keeping Christmas, you're keeping the very foundation of the clan and the Muslims and the all of that comes out of the same thing. So, I'm looking at my song because I've got to clarify it to you. And the Muslims come out of the same system as Christmas. It all goes back to the fire worship. They worship the oak tree. Oak tree. You can find that in Isaiah 44. Where they worship the oak. And oak is the word A-L-A-H. Well, when... when uh Mohammed in the somewhere around five thirty six AD in that neighborhood, that's when Mohammed come up and amalgamated all this fine tree worship into Islam. And he is more or less the Islamic Constantine. Cold Constantine was doing the same thing in in 325 AD when he brought the Feast of Saturn into the church that was the same thing that Israel was worshipping over here while they were offering their children in the fire that was while they were kingdom called Israel from 1 Samuel through 2 Chronicles 2 Chronicles they went after bell in the grove in 1st and 2nd kings and in 1st and 2nd chronicles that's the reason they were scattered all over the earth they were scattered everywhere northern israel that northern israel was scattered because jeroboam took the armies north that would go north with him up here and he was the commanding general of solomon when Solomon took some bad advice from his teenage buddies, when everybody, when the old men come to Solomon and said, or came to Rehoboam and said, Your dad chastise us with scorpions. Be easier on us. What they were talking about is the taxes that he levied on them in order to build the temple and to build all the righteous things. And said, Your, your father Solomon was hard on us. Well, he said, then his teenage buddies came to him and said, you tell them you're the boss, you're the king, and that you'll do what you want to do. So he took the advice of the young man, and that's what split the nation into two nations, northern Israel and southern Judah. Anyway, and then that's how it married down there from Ahab and Jezebel when when uh, their daughter Athaliah looked upon Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat and they got together. Now, I'm trying to explain the song I wrote to you. Okay? This is my Christmas song. And uh, the Muslims, one of their chief cities was Mecca. That's in the land of... That's in the land... Well, where's my clicker? Here it is. Mecca... Is in the land of, it's over here in the land of, of Arabia. It's up here on the border in this area. I don't know if I've got it. It's right in this area here. It's in Arabia. Mecca was one of their chief holy cities. Mecca and uh, Jerusalem. Were the two holy cities of the pagans. Now, let me give you something else. When Jezebel, when God got His fill of Jezebel, He called a man named Jehu. Jehu, there over in Second Kings, like the eighth through the tenth chapter. He called Jehu to go up to Jezreel. Jezreel was in northern Israel up here, up here. Go up there to Jezreel, the palace of Ahab, where she was up on a balcony when he got there. She was on a balcony, and he says, I want you to kill that woman. She's the one that brought all this paganism into Israel. And you'll find that that, where she brought it into Israel, in 1 Kings. The 16th chapter. That's where she marries Ahab. Brings Baal in the grove. For her father's gods. Which is the same thing. That Constantine brought in the church. The reason we know it's the same thing. Is because the Bible says. Revelation 17 and 5. That Babylon mothered all idolatry. It says harlotry. Pornea. But it means idolatry. Babylon mothered it all. So if that's true, then what he brought into church, what, was Israel, what Israel was doing when they were killing their children and offering them the fire to Tophet, and you'll find that in Jeremiah 19. You'll find it in Second Kings where they're literally eating their children. God said, I called you to eat your children. 2 Kings, the 6th chapter. You'll see where Two women are arguing over eating their children. They'll eat one one day, and then and they go to King Jehoram and say, Hey, we ate my baby yesterday, and she won't give us her baby to eat today. And the baby's dead because of the famine they were under because of the siege of the enemy of Ben-Hadad that had brought a siege upon the nation and wouldn't let it, it wouldn't let any supplies go in or out, so they start starving to death, and their babies die. So they start eating them. You say, I wouldn't eat my baby. Have you ever gone eight weeks without any food? You don't know what you'll eat. God says, I'll make you eat your own dung and drink your own urine. And they did. That is what they brought in the church and renamed the Christ Mass. Are we burning our children in the fires of Tophet? Are we destroying our children with everything that's going on in America? You bet your life we are. You can go up to any teenager. Say, do you know that the America's crazy? And they'll say, yeah, it is. They know, and they're looking at what their parents are doing, going into, to a church and acting like Christians, and they hear them cussing at home, they see them drinking at home, they see them looking at pornography at home. We're we're offering our children the fire just like they did in Tofat. So I'm trying to explain my song to you, okay? And then I'm going to sing it to you in a minute, okay? And God tells God tells Ahab. It says this in the the twenty twentieth chapter of First Kings. He says, "Because you kill Naboth, this righteous man, because he wouldn't sell you his land." as a garden of herbs, because it was near to the, your palace, because you've done this, you've lied, and you've killed others, he said, you're going to die, and the dogs are going to lick your blood, now that's important, that's in my song, the dogs are going to lick your blood, and then he says the same thing about, about Jezebel, when he sends Jehu, 13 years later, after Ahab dies, after he, God has him killed in battle in the 22nd chapter of First Kings, he goes into battle and a man draws a bow and adventure. Adventure means an upright. Mem is the word venture. It means upright bow. God had that bow planned. And he had that bow planned because of all the evil that Ahab had brought into northern Israel Brought that fire and tree worship of bell in the Grove, and that's the same thing that Constantine brought into the church and renamed Christ's Mass. He took the Feast of Saturn, it had a different name in every culture, and they called it the Saturnalia in Rome. And so, I'm just trying to explain my song to you. <laughs> i like my song and then he and then when jezebel is up here in northern israel and ahab is driving his chariot like a wild man she said who is that coming he drives like a crazy man one said that is jehu she sent some horsemen out and said go and ask is it jehu one horseman went out And said, "Is it Jehu?" said I. He said, "I'm going up to Jezreel. I'm going to kill that woman." He said, "Get behind me! If you don't get behind me, you'll die." So he got behind him. Jehu is spinning up those little dust whirlwinds. Whirlwinds. Those. Anytime you find a whirlwind in the Bible, it's usually equated with the chariots of. It, of the Assyrians or the Babylonians coming in to destroy. And he was thrown up like a whirlwind and going across that desert sand just headed towards Jezreel to kill that woman. She had defied the living God and defiled all of northern Israel and southern Judah by bringing her gods in and they end up down in southern Judah. And it's the same thing as Christmas. Good grief. If God is this angry at Israel, and kills them by the millions, hundreds of millions, through the millennia, you would think that preachers, that would study the Old Testament, they haven't studied, they don't know what it's about, anyway, so, when they get up there, she's up on a balcony, she said, is it you Jehu, he said, and there were two eunuchs up there a eunuch is one who's been emasculated he doesn't have any masculine genitals they would always emasculate them to make them faithful to a king or a queen so they couldn't have sex or have children nobody they could raise up children to go against their queen or king they would appoint them as uh, as butlers they called them butlers but they were actually wine tasters and that's what Nehemiah was he was probably a eunuch when he was a wine taster for Xerxes. Anyway. They got up there. And Jehu looks up at those two eunuchs and says. Throw her off the balcony. He didn't say. Won't you come down from the balcony and accept Christ. He didn't say that. He didn't give her any opportunity or any chance. He said throw her down. And they threw her down. And he killed her and she the dogs came and licked her blood like the prophet Elijah said they would that's in my song too they came and licked the blood of Jezebel it's the same system that was brought in the church by by Constantine and um I wanted you to know what a eunuch was. And Ashtaroth was the female was the term for the female deities. So I brought out Ashtaroth. That was the tree deities. Now let me sing my song for you, okay? This is my Christmas song. Can I go get a tape recorder and bootleg this? No, no you can't. And bootleg it. Here it is. <clears throat> Children roasting on an open fire, toe nipping at their toes, firewheels, songs being sung by a choir. The firewheel was the swastika. That was, they rolled a firewheel down the hill in the Scandinavian countries, and if it got so far, they had crops. Firewheel songs being sung by a choir of KKK in Balaam clothes. Every Muslim knows that Mecca is the place to go, to worship Hercules' wife grove. Jehu said, Jezebel, you're dead. May the dogs eat your nose. God says that Jehu's on his way. He'll have you thrown from the balcony by slaves, and every eunuch's child is gonna fly. If there's a way out of this and you don't die, Jezebel. Allah's crescent moon is on the wane. Then sunrise service is for Baal. Astaroth is an upright tree. Happy birthday, dear Baal. Now that's my version of the Christmas song. I, I wrote that about 20 years ago. I'll sing it every year, but I've never explained it fully. And the thing that Jezebel brought into Israel, she's the most wicked woman that ever lived. She sired, I won't say sired, she birthed a daughter named Athaliah, who was the wickedest of wicked. She was the daughter out of hell she married into southern judah she was the reason that southern judah became polluted with this Baal and grove worship which was the same thing that constantine brought in the church and renamed the christ mass it's it's disgusting everything evil in the bible is about the word christmas everything it was babylon where it came from it started in babylon and it was brought. It started in Babylon down here, on the Euphrates. It was bled over here into what we call Lebanon, and actually it was Tyre and Sidon. And that's how it married down in Israel. I said the other day, when Cyrus, the Persian emperor, conquered Babylon, he he made the fire worship leave there, and they found their place in Pergamus, and they. The one the Bible says in Revelation, the second chapter, that's where Satan's seat is. That's where it moved to from over here. It bled down into Israel. They had the eternal fires here. They had the eternal fire here. And in the temple of Osculapius, they had the temple of fire in Pergamos. And then when Attalus third died, Attalus, we probably get the word Italy from Attalus because the Italians loved the Etruscans. The Etruscans were the people who were performing all this fire worship at Pergamos, Etruscans. So when Atalus the third, Atalus sounds kind of like Italy. Atalus in Italy, I believe that's probably where the word come from, because these people over here in Israel loved the magic, and they had a magic performed by the Etruscans, the magic come from the Magi Magi is the word or Magos the singular Magos that's wise men that got to the house where the young child was it was not a manger where they got to it's like people don't even care about the details I'm just giving so many details to this That was the wise men, the Magi, and magic means the science of the Magi. Science of the wise men of Babylon. But you had good wise men over here, and you had bad wise men. How could you have good wise men and bad wise men? Because when Noah landed on the mountains of Ararat, Ararat is a string of mountains here in eastern Turkey. When he landed there, he had three sons. You can see where his sons migrated to in the 10th chapter of Genesis. Uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Japheth was the eldest. He migrated up here within the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea into the Caucasus Mountains. We we'll get the word Caucasian from that. Or we also get the word Meg Magog. Magog comes from Kharkov, K A K O F. Kalkov, and that was those mountains there. You see it says Caucasus Mountains right there? Caucasus Mountains between the Black Sea and the Sea. This is Russia up here. And and uh, Gorbachev used to go down here to the Crimea area here and he would vacation down here on the shores of the Black Sea and this is the Caspian Sea so when Israel's declared a nation at the end of World War II a lot of the Jews began coming down going back to Israel I wrote a, a thing on that I don't know if I can find it real quick but I wrote they had been in captivity for 2600 years they were taken captive by the assyrians in 722 bc when Ashurbanipal and and tiglath palesar boy what a name and that when they were i don't know if i can find that i may have to read it to you later but it's about this very thing I can't find it. I'll read it to you later. But anyway, I'm just kind of explaining this song to you that I wrote. I wrote it because everything that was happening in Israel came from Babylon through Tyre and Sidon down into northern Israel by Ahab and Jezebel and to southern Judah by Athaliah who married into southern Judah simply because Jehoshaphat the king of southern Judah was running around with Ahab Ahab was evil Jehoshaphat was basically a good guy a Christian man had the Bible read throughout all the land he was just weak when Ahab would come to him and say hey brother I'm a Jew and you're a Jew and you're king of southern Judah and I'm king of northern Israel would you go with me and fight Ben-Hadad the Assyrian And he's in a battle with the Syrian of Syria here. This is Syria. And this all of the Bible land is found in this area right here around the Mediterranean Sea. That, this is the sea. It's the great sea. Anytime you read it, it's talking about that. Now, I was on a subject there. Oh, I was on the fact that when Attalus the died, he left part and parcel all of his magic system, all the magicians, the pulling rabbits out of a hat and doing, causing sn- uh, snakes to turn into a rod, and all these magic things. Well, the Romans liked that, so he had Mister Attalus. When he died, he left all of his system to Rome, so they took an Olympic torch bearer and they brought it over, they they had if there's a little waterway going through here, they probably had the torchman carry it and be carried by boat across that, that waterway either that or come up here there's a slight opening here at Constantinople that takes you into the Black Sea and there's another slight opening so we don't know which way he brought it but they brought the Olympic torch over here so they could bring it to the the temple of mithra and the vestal virgins kept the the living torch going and then then of course that's where the roman catholics get these everlasting fires you can trace the you can trace it all the way back to babylon over here to israel or to Tyre and Sodom down to Israel and just south of Jerusalem the valley of Tophet where the fires were burning. Let me just give you that and show you that. I need to say something about out of the Bible about this. I think I've said a lot about the Bible but go over here to Isaiah. Isaiah the 30th chapter. Isaiah 30 I don't know how, I don't think I can think of why preachers will not condemn Christmas. They have not studied it in the Old Testament. They don't know what it's about. It's crazy that they'll keep doing it no matter what. And he says here in the 30th chapter of Isaiah, 30, 30th chapter, um, This is talking about the Assyrians that come in to destroy northern Israel. Verse 31. For through the voice of the Lord shall the Assyrian be beaten down, which smote with a rod. It came in and destroyed northern Israel. Assyria is northern Babylon. It's up here in this area up here between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea right here this area that's the headquarters for it in fact Nineveh on the Tigris River was the capital city of Assyria so that's why God told Jonah go to Nineveh and cry against it say if you don't repent within 30 days God's going to kill everybody and they repented and Jonah got mad and upset at God because he didn't kill everybody just shows you how what sinful natures all men have including Jonah read that last read the book of Jonah it's just about four chapters and it's really easy to understand and and he goes on to say here verse 32 in every place where the grounded staff shall pass which the Lord shall lay upon him it shall be with tabrets and harps and the battles of shaking will be he fight with it God's going to fight against the Assyrians and the Babylonians. For Tophet is ordained of old. Yea, for the king is prepared. He hath made it deep and large. The pile thereof is of fire and much wood. And the breath of the Lord, like a stream of brimstone, doth kindle. He's the one that kindled Tophet. He caused Israel to go after these gods. That's why Revelation, not Revelation, Romans eleven eleven says, did Israel stumble? merely to stumble, God forbid. They stumbled so salvation would come to the Gentiles. And this says God was planning it. Now, so that's why when you get over to John Kennedy's grave, he was a Roman Catholic. He wasn't from Rome, but he's born in America. But he was a Roman Catholic, and you find. The eternal fire burning at the foot of his grave, and this was all fire and tree worship to depict the coming of the sun. The sun was represented on the earth by the fire, and the earth was rep- uh, the tree was representative of the moon, which was the female tree deities. But if you notice wood gives flame to the fire now. I'm going to keep documenting some things to you. I have showed you a book last week. I had never read it thoroughly, and I have been reading on it. It's called The Winter Solstice. This is by John Matthews. The Winter Solstice has to do with the fire worship it has to do, they were burning these bale fires, we call them bonfires, bale fires, because the sun they thought was burning out, on December the 21st, that's the longest nights of the year, the earth is on its axis, I showed you that the last time I taught, it's on its axis at 23, and it, it's leaning at twenty-three and a half degrees. I need to put it back on that so we can kind of be reminded of it. This is why the fire, why the fire worship, because they said the sun was burning out, and they had to light these bail fires, or bonfires, because they said it looks like the sun is reducing in size, but it's not. It's because Because the, uh, well, I'm going the wrong way. It's because the earth is leaning at 23 and a half degrees. When it gets over here in the northern hemisphere, we're leaning away from the sun. That's why we have cold weather. And it's leaning away. And at the coldest point was December the 21st. And they call that the winter solstice. They call that the winter solstice, December the twenty-first. The next day, it began to brighten again. That's why they called December the twenty-second. Uh, December the twenty-second, and up to twenty-five, the sun is getting brighter, and they set the sun's birthday at December the twenty-fifth. And everything you read in any in any dictionary, when you look up christmas it'll say christmas mass and they got this from the sun worshipers in all probability and that's exactly where they got it from and they consider the 21st of december they call that the winter solstice And this whole book is written by john matthews it's not an old book but it's, i got it somewhere and it was a fairly new book I may have bought it new, but I went through some things in this, and some of it's really interesting. It's got in here, it's just like you go into Hastings, Encyclopedia of Religion, and you can look up, I've got copies of things, i got some copies of things in there, and I've uh, it's, I get so enthusiastic, I want to tell you all these things at once. But then there you've got, in the Hastings Encyclopedia, you've got Aryan religion. Aryan was was aimed at the fallen angels falling out of heaven. That's Aryan religion, and they believe Hitler thought there was a... a superior race in tibet because they were taller and had longer arms and longer legs so that's why he sent him over there and he came back with the swastika which is the wheel of the year and i brought that out in my song the wheel was the swastika or it was the wreath and it was the eight festivals of the sun worshipers i don't want to put it up there right now then you got the water gods over here water gods has to do with the same thing the water the water gods tammuz was a water god and he was a sun god it takes water and sun water and fire to lay in complete opposition and uh, so you've got all kinds of you've got this really interesting i had already found out by reading in uh, hastings and reading this witch's book. Witches do not worship Satan. Witches they'll tell you. They worship nature. They worship trees. And fire. And light. That's what they worship. That's the same thing that it was involved in. When the Bible says. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Witch. In the Old Testament is. Kossoff. And Kossoff means to whisper or to speak softly to speak softly when a person is being conned by these charismatic preachers that speak softly and they're trying to con them out of their money that's a witch Charles Stanley would have to die if he lived in Old Testament time so would Billy Graham they, they are soft spoken people that want to put something on I've got other I've got other things on Christmas. I found out reading this book they talk about Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. Edaine McCoy was a witch. She said Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, they were uh they were thinly veiled sun and tree worshipers. And I've got I didn't bring E Dane McCoy's book, I don't think I did. I may have one up here but she was a witch and she will tell you everything that they say in the Hastings the Hastings you can look up the Arthurian legend you can look up Merlin in that and it will tell you that Merlin had the ability to change himself into a wolf wait a minute that is werewolves isn't it that's called lycanthropy and you can look up lycanthropy in there in the Hastings lycanthropy l-y-c-a-n-t-h-r-o-p-y lycanthropy that is the same thing as werewolves werewolves didn't start with Bram Stoker in the 1800's woes have been here for thousands of years that means you are when the man brought his son to jesus in matthew the 17th chapter and said my son is lunatic do you think jesus actually believed that The guy was saying things according to their culture, just like the man that supposedly said, I got a legion in me. Jesus is not believing those people. When he questions them and they start answering and they're wacky, he's not believing their words. And the man that said, my son is a lunatic and he keeps falling into a fire. When you study out of Hastings, encyclopedia of religion, falling into fire... They will tell you that the American Indian would dance around the fire and they said when they fell into a fire it was an ancestor that pushed them in there. You believe that? I don't. Lunatic comes from lunar. Lunar is the word moon. What what the man was saying to Jesus, my son is moonstruck. You believe that? No sir, I don't believe the man. When these people come to Jesus... And they'll say these things; it doesn't mean Jesus believes them. Where did he go what What seminary did he go to to find that out? Lunatic, what Bible school did he go to? He didn't go to any of them He took the culture and the customs of the people of the day where they were going around casting spells and removing spells and and forming all kinds of cultures and and doing the evil deeds of some some uh, wicked magic, and they got in here. I just want to read this one thing to you. It's called the Green Guest. Green is the color of life from one end of the Bible to the other, and this is about, out of the book, The Winter Solstice. Another at the first more sinister bringer of Christmas fare is the green night. If you notice, green and red are the colors of Christmas. I've studied that before. The green night has to do with Christmas. And that has to do with light and dark. I saw a movie a while back and I watch it because I want to know what this is about. And they have, they had... Uh, sean connery playing the green knight in this movie and he had he was a magical knight let me tell you how it reads here in arthurian tradition there it is arthur in arthurian tradition he came to king arthur's hall as the christmas festivities were getting underway offering A strange game that someone should strike him with a great axe and that's what Sean Connery did in this movie he said you can strike me with an axe and then I get to strike you back Sean Connery said the same thing that they're saying in here that has to do with Christmas that someone should strike him with his axe on the understanding that he will give back such a blow in a year's time he's got a year to do it and i saw that in the movie they take these movies and take them out of myth just like we said about the movie uh clash of the titans it was a picture of Perseus coming back on a white horse and uh, andromeda being washed in water of water baptism and, and he pulled the medusa's head out of the sack which had flashing eyes and Jesus had come back with eyes as a flame of fire and the beast or the kraken which was the beast rose up out of the sea which is a picture of Babylon, Persia, Greece and Rome rising up out of the sea it's nothing but an analogy to the same thing then he says only Gawain, we know Sir Gawain he's one of the most famous knights of the round table only Gawain is brave enough to accept the challenge I'll get to strike you and then within a year you get to strike me and undergo many many trials before the tale ends for once his head had been severed the green knight is able to pick it up and await the coming of his challenger he gets to pick up his head after it's cut off and put it back on his head and they say this has to do with spring and and winter and or the darkness and the light, arguing and fighting and battling. A trick that Gawain is not able to do. The story is a wonderful one and very ancient. The green knight is the incarnate spirit of winter, able to present his frightening challenge as a prelude to a battle for the hand of the spring maiden, Marion. And then it's got a section over here where it talks about Robin Hood being Robin Hood and Guy of Gisborne, the sheriff of Nottingham, representing the darkness and Robin Hood. This is an old, ancient fairy tale. Remember, fairy is the same thing as demons, and demons are the same thing as genies. If you believe in one, you got to believe in all of them. And they're all supposed to be ancestors. This is all man's imagination. The Green Knight is man's imagination. I see one of them come on, I I watch it. I like to look at the old medieval movies because a lot of times those guys, they go and do more research than the preachers in America. They know more about the past in this winter solstice. I thought that Green Knight, since I had seen a movie about that, and I thought, boy, that's really something let me see if I can find this thing on Robin Hood it's really and then he goes into the Santa in America the birth of Santa Claus of course we know it's St. Nicholas and the miracles ain't St. Nicholas performed how these three boys were chopped up and put into a pickle barrel and that St. Nicholas came up and heard about their evil uh, happening and he came to this place where they put him, put these three boys in a prickle barrel and he said some roman catholic words over them and they came up out of the barrel all put together he raised them from the dead he was said to have the ability to resurrect and he was said to have the ability to calm the seas he was on one sea voyage and the storm came up and he calmed the sea that's Jesus. He was a fake Jesus. He was another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. He was, a, he was a wickedness. He was distributing fortunes to children. It's just, there's so much in this. Here's the Robin Hood thing. Robin and the green. This is the winter solstice, the same thing that was brought in the church, and it had many titles. They called it the Festival of the Lord of Misrule, the, the Festival of the Abbot. It's, it's really crazy. Let me read this about Robin and the Grain. The story's origins derive from the even older Irish tale called Brickhue's Feast, where three heroes of Ulster are challenged by the fearsome giant, Kiroi Mac Dare. A similar beheading, only the great solar sun hero Q. Kulain had the courage to accept pro- uh, Proford below. In the, this is the champions of the summer and the winter. All of the fairy tales go back to that, whether it's Cinderella, Snow White, and the Seven Dwarfs, that is she's got to be back by midnight the demons had to be back by dawn and the genies had to be back by dawn in the robin hood ballads i've got a net up here in the robin hood ballads we find the same scenario worked out as robin the green king of sherwood struggles against the polar opposite personified by the sheriff of nottingham or Guy of Gisborne. You've seen that in the Robin Hood movies. For the hand of the spring maid Marian. Thus was the play out every year in the various parts of the country. In southern Wales, there is a long-standing tradition of a ceremony that is vividly described in this 19th century account, and they go into this long story. It's everything that we see in celebration, are these old fairy tales, or Robin Hood, or King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. King Arthur had 12 major knights. He had, and Lancelot was his chief knight. And Lancelot is the one that betrayed him by messing with Maid Marian. So that has to do with the winter and the summer and people don't like that in fact if you saw there was a movie called uh, Excalibur Excalibur was the sword which is supposed to depict it was a convolution of the word of God a sword going out of the mouth of Christ there in Revelation the first chapter in Revelation the 19th chapter and the Bible says the word of God is more powerful quick and more powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword so that's the sword and in this movie Excalibur Robin I'm not Robin uh, King Arthur is fighting Lancelot when he finds out he's messed around sexually and made Marian. and King Arthur breaks his sword and he casts it into the lake and a hand comes up with the sword intact and he reaches out and takes it And they say, that was our Lady of the Lake that did that. We have our Lady of the Lake Catholic Church out here. I used to travel around the country, and I would see Lady of the Lake churches everywhere. Even these fairy tales come out of the same thing. I'm still documenting this thing on Christmas. People know that it's pagan. I said to Susan before we started, I said, we were over at a restaurant eating uh, over at one of the steakhouses here. Back about 12 years ago, Uh, my grandson, who's 15 now, he was three then. And we were sitting at this table, and this waiter come by, and he said, did you have a good Christmas, little boy? And I said, we don't celebrate Christmas, it's pagan. And this waiter said, yeah, but it's fun. I said thank you for an honest answer. Now here's a here's an article. How much time do I have, Mike? Forty. Huh? Forty. Twenty. Forty. 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 Okay. Here's a article that came out in December the twenty third, nineteen ninety six. This was US News and World Report now you would find this on donald trump's desk you would find it on possibly on uh, bill uh, gates desk it was a it was an interesting report on the economy of the day and this was the chief staff writer of u.s news and world report and the title of it was in search of christmas and it was, I've got the original dictionary. I just, I just made some copies of the paper. Let me read some of it to you. An affront unto God. Though most of its history, the Christmas season, has been a time of raucous. That means raucous revelry. Sex in the, everywhere you can see it. Raucous and Bacchanalian indulgence. Bacchus was the god of wine, and the Bacch- the Bacchanalia came right at the Christmas season, more akin to Mardi Gras. Oh, thank you, more akin to Mardi Gras. It was Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras went from went from February the fourteenth. February 14th, I mean, excuse me, February the 7th to February 14th, it was seven days just like the Feast of Saturn. Seven day festival, and they had a king of Mardi Gras, and they had a king of the Saturnalia. At the end of the Saturnalia, the king had to die. At the end of the Mardi Gras, the king had to die. They appointed one young man during medieval times and he said i'm not going to be the king of mardi gras so they put him to death or new year's eve Then to us we're, we're reading from u.s news and world report very respectable magazine for wealthy people businessmen so tarnished in fact was its reputation in colonial america that celebrating Christmas was banned in Puritan, New England. I've told you that a hundred times around 1649. They, they outlawed Christmas in America. Why? Because the people that outlawed it were Puritans. The reason they call themselves Puritans is because they were families in Europe. The Albigens family, the Huguenots, the Cathars, the Walenses these were families that had multiplied over hundreds of years and they believed in predestination most of them some of them may have had an offbeat belief but most of them believed the things that we teach they knew christmas was pagan and the pope set up a system of going out and questioning people calling the inquisition they had different forms of the inquisition the portuguese inquisition the roman catholic inquisition the medieval inquisition were renamed on it this took place over 5 600 years and they end up torturing the christians saying if you do not recant your belief we'll torture you they'd pull their fingernails out they would strip them of their hide they'd disjoint them on a rack then they'd put them back into joint, put them in prison, bring them back the next next day, and do it all over again. You find that all in the Fox's Book of Martyrs. That's what Christmas was about, about the mass, and fifty-five to sixty million Puritans or Waldenses and and Albigens and the rest of them the Huguenots and the Cathars and all a bunch of other families, they were tortured and killed over not partaking of the sacrament of the Mass. You preachers that don't want anything to do with it. Read Fox's Book of Martyrs, you morons. And then he says, Christmas was banned in Puritan, New England, where the noted minister Cotton Mather, we know all about Cotton Mather, he was a Puritan, Describe Yuletide Merrymaking as an affront unto the grace of God. I want to remind you, this is the chief staff writer for U.S. News and World Report that's writing this. In a new book, The Battle for Christmas, I've told you about that. I've got that. I've had that for years. University of Massachusetts history professor Stephen Nissenbaum describes the annual... Christmas celebration of the Prince of Peace as a perennial battleground for competing cultural, religious and economic forces there never was a time when Christmas existed as an unsullied or undirty domestic idol let me read some more out of this to you this is by an educated man There is no record of official observance of Christ's birth until the 4th century when Constantine, it's not like educated people don't know what I've been telling you, because if he's head of, if he's chief staff writer for this world-famous magazine, he knows about it, and I've been telling you about it, and I got my information from some of the same sources in, but a lot of different sources a Christian convert then he says something I don't believe there is no record of official observance of Christ's birth until the 4th century when Constantine a Christian convert he was no more a Christian than a monkey in a cage out here was emperor of Rome and the gospels are silent on the year let alone the exact month or day that Jesus was born Early Christianity did not celebrate birthdays. When you look at Ecclesiastes, go back to Ecclesiastes. Let me read this to you. Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 1. This will tell you about birthdays. A good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death than the day of one's birth the day of the death of saints we should celebrate that they went on to be with the Lord forget this birthday stuff there's two birthdays in the Bible Herod's and Pharaoh's at Pharaoh's they hung his baker at Herod's birthday they cut off John the Baptist's head whose head you going to cut off and who you going to hang on your birthday it was considered wicked in the ancient world now let me finish reading this I haven't read this much to you before, but I've got all this stuff. I don't know any other way to do than to read it. The, um, lacking any scripture pointers to Jesus' birthday, early Christian teachers suggested dates all over the calendar. Clement, a bishop of Alexandria who died circa... A.D. 215. Pick November 18th. Hippolytus, a Roman theologian in the early 3rd century, figured Christ must have been born on a Wednesday, the same day God created the sun. I don't know how got that. The third day. Moreover, it talks about Penny Reistad. I've got her book on the name of it is Christmas in America, A History. I've got that. I try to read out of it and I I don't even know where to start. The best place to start is with the Bible. Penny Restad says they expected the second coming any day, talking about the people of old, writes Restad in 1995 book, Christmas in America. To celebrate Christ's birth would have seemed to the people in the first and second century pointless Moreover, she says they viewed birthday celebrations as heathen in the early church. The third century church father Origen had declared it a sin to even think of keeping Christ's birthday. Now, let me give you some more facts on this. Do I have any time, Mike? 31. Alright. The first mention of the Nativity Feast scholars say, appears in the Philokalian calendar a Roman document from A.D. 354. How many times have I said that to you? That's when it entered the calendar. 354 A.D. 354 years after Jesus' death did it enter any calendar which lists December the 25th as the day of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem. And that's just baloney most widely held is the view that the holiday was an intentional christianization of saturnalia that's exactly what it was to christianize paganism if you do christmas and you say you believe it's okay you're trying to christianize eating the children god said i'll cause you to eat your children israel when you quit obeying obedient to my word how can the world obey God when you got people like Kenneth Copeland who lies as fast as he talks, talks about prospering, being ill, meaning money and physical health, and it doesn't. When you got faith healers, and what gets me? All these faith healers keep dying. Have you noticed? Oral Roberts died of pneumonia. Why didn't he call in Jesse Duplantis to heal him? Uh, Kenneth Hagen died of a heart attack. He started the positive confession movement across America. Why didn't he just say? Why didn't he say with his mouth, "I'm well, I'm well, I'm well"? They say that'll be positive vibrations. And what's the guy over in Arkansas? I never can think of his name. The crazy guy, uh, Charles Caps. Charles Caps, what a nut. He died, and he used to say, if you say, I could just die. If she keeps doing that, I could just die. He said, you'll eventually die. Stupid man. And the most recent, of course, Fred Price died here about a month or so ago. Why didn't he? And they put an ad out in the papers on the TV. We gave him permission to die. It was his time. So we told him, you can go ahead and die. In other words, they could have said, you can't die, so we kept on living. Stupid. The most recent is Marcus Lamb. The last two days, about two days ago, Marcus Lamb was the organizer and he started Daystar Television all over the world. He was 64 and he died of COVID. Wow. Hey, I thought you said, and if you look him up on the internet, it'll say he was a positive confession preacher and faith healer and just Marcus and Joni Lamb, just stupid, stupid people. Somebody said she had a program on her own network. She tried to look like Oprah Winfrey, interviewing everybody. Oprah's intelligent when it comes to promotion, self-promotion, but she's stupid when it comes to the Bible. Let me read some more of this. And then he says, uh, in the third and fourth centuries, the church in Rome found itself in fierce competition with popular pagan religions and mystery cults. Chief write, staff writer, Newish News and World Report. Most of them involving sun worship from the middle of December through the first of January, Romans would engage in feast and drunken revelry, Paying homage to their gods and marking the winter solstice december the twenty fifth, when days began to lengthen in AD two hundred and seventy four, Emperor Aurelian decreed december the twenty fifth the solstice on the Julian calendar as Natalis Solus Invicti, birth of the invincible sun. I gotta read one other thing to you. All right. Nissenbaum the professor at the University of Massachusetts the church also tacitly agreed to allow the holiday to be celebrated more or less the way it had always been and it is drunken as one historian put it the pagan Romans became Christians but the Saturnalia remained Christmas he says talking about Nissenbaum has always been an extremely difficult holiday to christianize i guess so it's impossible who can bring a clean thing out of unclean who can bring christmas or christ's birth out of the saturnalia not one jim you sound upset at that i am in scandinavia that's norway sweden denmark up in the northern cold cold areas Of Europe, it became entwined with pagan midwinter feast known as Yule. And Yule's that, that's one of the spots on the swastika. It's one of the holy days. I don't know why I can find this much information. I'm just giving you a small part of what I've researched and found out. I'm just giving you a small part. Not a lot. I can't begin. The reason I decided to start reading some of this to you is I can't explain it all as well as these guys write it. And all I did was go through and just just highlight yellow places. Just a few of them. I'm just reading a little bit of this article. Not much. In Scandinavia, it became entwined with pagan midwinter feast known as Yule and Yule is one of the festivals of the swastika and Hitler got that by Himmler bringing it back from Tibet this was their sign in Tibet swastika Suvasti Suvasti means it is good because that was the wheel of the year. It was the, it was the Big Dipper, where they checked it every every thirty every uh, thirty every three months on the second of the month, June second, and then over here they'd look for the look at the Big Dipper, and it would be a different place, and they called it the wheel of the year. And that's part of the my song. And all of these were named sun and winter festivals. You had a holiday here, one here, one here, one here, one here, one here, one here. You had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight festivals for sun and tree. And Yule was right down here. Yule. Right close to December 25th. What they want to do is get through this cold weather and get back around to spring. God says you'll have these good months if you obey me. But you won't have them if you obey these other gods. Which goes through all of this. This was Samhain right here. Sam Samhain which the Roman Catholics brought that into Roman Catholicism and called it All Hallows Eve or Halloween. That is pagan. All of it's pagan. Let me read you this. I've got to read this before I get off of it. Pagan pleasures. Indeed, they kept it much as the Romans had in gluttonous feasts and raucous public revelry leading clergy from time to time tried to rein in the abuses of Christmas merriment and they still sell more booze at that time of the year that time, more drunk drivers more drunken accidents where people are killed Anglican minister Henry Bourne said the way most people behaved at Christmas was scandalous to religion and encouraging of wickedness why is it preachers who want to believe in it, they want to join with the people down here on Broadway. We're celebrating Christmas down here getting drunk and we're celebrating it up here with Jesus. Why? In some cities Christmas revellers would cross dress or wear a black face and went noisily from door to door. It just now this is the part I really like about this article. Christmas, says Nissenbaum, had been taken from the streets and domesticated. You need to read his book, Battle for Christmas. He'll tell you how wicked it was in the 1800s in America. Christmas, says Nissenbaum, had been taken from the streets and domesticated. Not surprisingly, the nation's merchants were favorably disposed to this turn of events. The new tradition of Christmas gift giving created an instant retail bonanza that's what it's about it's a money gospel and merchants and advertisers soon began to promote the season nearly as much as they promoted their wares by the 1870s one historian observes department stores often outdid the churches in religious adornment Symbolism, pipe organs, and choirs. And then, by the early 20th century, stores had, had largely abandoned covertly, overtly religious motifs, says Ristad, but they continued to undergo marvelous alterations at holiday becoming strikingly other places. Let me read this, this last thing. What many historians find most fascinating about the reinvention of Christmas is that its commercialization, now so frequently denounced, is what spawned the transformation in the first place. It was because of the money changing that made it big. The commercial forms associated with Christmas and other holidays, says Smith of Princeton, have become integral to their survival you've got to have the commercialization otherwise it won't survive to turn christmas now listen to this to turn christmas into purely religious celebration now might cheer those who want to take back christmas he says but such an observance would lack the cultural resonance and impact of a holiday deeply rooted in the marketplace. If Christmas came to that, adds Restad, we probably wouldn't keep it in our society at all. If just about Jesus and no retail in it, no commercializing, it's over. Well, that ain't going to happen. The only way it's going to be over is so for Jesus to come back. I've got a T-shirt it says, Jesus Hates Christmas, and in parentheses it says, Jesus Loves Me. On the back it says, I hate Christmas. I love Jesus. One woman saw that and she went, What? I was getting into an elevator. I said, Christmas has nothing to do with Jesus. It's Christ's Mass. And I went in to explain her and she said, Oh, am I about out of time, Mike? I've got other papers. I got this paper. This paper was given to me by Sid Martin. He used to be our song leader. He was a music teacher. He had a master's degree in music. He was brilliant when it comes to music. But he's an old country guy and talked out of the corner of his mouth like that. We love you, Sid, <laughs> if you're watching. But he had this book about songs. He, he taught high school music, and read music and the whole thing. He was our piano player and, and, our, and our singer for a long time, several years. And uh, he said he had this book, Christmas and its Songs, and this was in the front of it. It's right here. He said, I had that for 25, 30 years, and I never read that part of it. And this is the true story about Christmas. And he had opened that up and opened to the songs and teach it to his students. He said, I never read that. That tells you the whole story of it right there. The early source of Christmas customs is probably the Sumerian civilization which flourished over 4,000 years ago. Sumeria. Sumeria is not Samaria. Samaria is northern Israel. Sumeria is southern Iraq or what we call what we call Mesopotamia. That's what the Sumeria well I'm gonna set that thing down, now I must have must have covered up here. I don't know what I did with it. But anyway, let me read you some of this. The earliest source of Christmas. I've got one book called Six Thousand Years of Christmas. That's because it goes way back, way beyond Christ. It's the fire and tree worship that Constantine bought in the church. And he made it a military thing when he brought it into the church. He organized his own army and they defended him at the Vatican. If you ever see anything in the Vatican, you see those Swiss guards, haven't you? Make those big puffy, big puffy pants. The Swiss guards at one time were tremendous fighters. And they were defending the Pope, and they would attack people. And that was where he brought Christmas into the church. And then he says, now this is amazing. Marduk. When you look up Marduk on the internet, it'll tell you it's Nimrod. That was one of their gods. The chief god of Sumer, S-U-M-E-R. That is southern Iraq where Babylon is on the Euphrates River won that position by engaging in a titanic battle with Timot, another God this is about the battle between light and dark the goddess monster who ruled the underworld kingdom of chaos all of this is just an admixture it's a convolution just trying to mix oil and water it's crazy In fact, when he talks about uh, rule the underworld, remember I said the gods of the underworld were the ones that were supposed to steal the crops till you get to the spring, and they said they are the ones that kill the crops at the end of the harvest. Whether it was Styx or Hades or Pluto, Pluto was a god of the underworld long before it was a dog in a movie. The world of Marduk's making had to be rejuvenated periodically when vegetation withered and died at the end of the harvest and the end of October. We call that the end of the harvest. That's when the last crops brought in. you got to keep remembering. During the harvest time, that was the light years. It was the light months. And that's when the crops grew. So when the end of the harvest came, the pagans worshipped the gods. They made up their gods of the harvest of, of the end of the harvest and they begin to worship the gods of the dark the world of marduk's making had to be rejuvenated periodically when vegetation withered and died and leaves fell from the tree and i might add in september october the world was running down chaos was closing in or the darkness was closing in to take revenge on tamat's death Timot is nothing but the crops dying going down into the ground and they made that God's that was doing that an elaborate festival for Zagmuk was established to persuade Marduk to return to the underworld the underworld was the darkness and battle chaos for another cycle of seasons it's all about the seasons It's all about God's promise to Israel. If you're obedient to me, I'll fill up your storehouses. I'll fill up your fields. I'll fill up everything you've got. You know what it's about. It's about this coronavirus. That is God's third judgment, sword, famine, pestilence. The famine comes with the crops. No crops or no rain for three and a half years under Elijah telling Ahab, no rain, three and a half years. I'm out of here. All these stories in the Bible about these judgments of God. If you know the judgments, sword, famine, pestilence, and beast, and the beast was the world system. Whenever George Senior, George Bush Senior, started talking about a new world order, I went, whoa, that's the beast. Ruling the world, sending people like me a cease and desist order. You can't preach those things anymore, Jim Brown, that go against somebody else's religion. That's called an edict of toleration. That's called political correctness. I believe they'll stop me from teaching one day if I live long enough. Zagmuck lasted. Zagmuck lasted for twelve for twelve days. Have you heard of the twelve days of Christmas? it's just and i've got a thing on the 12 days of christmas i don't even think i can find it i got so many papers up here it's just unbelievable how is the world corrupt being corrupted the spending of money the last time i checked was about three years ago i think we had spent a trillion dollars the previous year on all the things of christmas from live christmas trees to artificial christmas trees to gifts for our dogs our pets consumers will spend this is a paper from several years ago consumers will spend 5 million on their pets for christmas about 3 years ago 5 million on pets they spent Last year, I believe it was, 2020, they spent over a billion dollars on live Christmas trees. Over a billion. In 10 years, they're spending over nearly $11 billion. Could you find anything to do with that better than buying a tree, putting it in your den for four weeks, and then throwing it out to the garbage man? And ask telling the garbage man, Can you... Can you th- dig can you take these dead gods away and throw them away for me it's It's crazy, and there's a lot more to this that go into this. The chief influence of the Mesopotamian religion that was sumar upon Greece and Egypt was through sun worshiping. That's why when Elijah meets the priests of Baal in the 18th chapter of 1 Kings. And he said, let the God that answers by fire, let him be the real fire God. And what they worshipped was Baal, the fire God. And the priests of Baal, people say, you shouldn't make fun of people with your Christmas song. Yes, I should. Because Elijah told the priests of Baal, they jumped up and down on their altars all day long. They screamed and yelled and cut their bodies open just slashed themselves and they're bleeding all over their altars and elijah said perhaps your god is asleep you need to yell louder maybe he's on a journey that's what elijah said to those lying priests of Baal. they're just like kenneth copeland maybe your god is asleep copeland i thought you blew away the coronavirus you have seen that have not you you need to go online look up. Kenan Copeland blowing away the coronavirus. It's comical. It's hilarious. He's going, oh, oh, I curse you, you virus. What he's doing is cursing the judgments of God. Guy's an idiot. And it's got all kinds of solace and in here. And he had never even noticed this. In this pagan setting, Christ made his appearance. His birthday was hardly noted for some time, even by Christians. To them, the resurrection was the important thing. It goes through all these things. And Sid said until, until he heard me preach on Christmas, he started reading this, and he said, I didn't know I had it in my papers. I got this right here, The Strange Ways of God. This comes out of a book, my daughter-in-law. She tried to tell her family about Christmas, and they were rejecting it. And she was a student. This was years ago, 20 years ago or so. She was a student at Middle Tennessee State. She said, I'll go down to the library at Middle Tennessee State and see if they got anything on Christmas. She She found a book called The Strange Ways of Man by E. Royston Pike. And it goes into Christmas and tells you all about it. Talks about Father Christmas, the Carol singers. The Carol Singers was started by Roman Catholic priests. Christmas is one of the great festivals of the Christian year. There's nothing specially Christian about any of these days. Since Christmas was was being celebrated was not being celebrated ages before. There were shepherds abiding in the field, and they go on to say that it makes it most improbable that the nativity could have occurred the night of December the twenty-fifth, for this would have been at the height of the rainy season in Judea, when man and beast would have had been under cover. It's just the profane ceremonies referred to were those held in connection with the worship of Mithras. The Persian sun god, whose worship had risen to great prominence and popularity in the Roman world, and was the winter solstice festival in the Roman calendar, and the day was given to the name De, Sal- De Natalis Solus Invicti, birthday of the unconquered sun. They tell you all about it in this. I don't mind having these made up and given to people. I've got more. I've got papers on on what they did in the ancient world. This man that wrote this book, uh, that wrote the book on, uh, what did I do? I said it over here. He sounds like he's far, he's like trying to promote going back and taking these old paganism and doing it to be happy and have parties and stuff. But he's telling off on them when he tells about Robin Hood and he talks about the Knights of the Round Table. And that's what the witches will tell you, that that was part of their God system. I've run out of time, I guess, haven't I, Mike? I've got more information. I don't know how much it I can give to you. I've got all kinds of things. I've got a lot at home. I can't. I can't read it all. It's just overwhelming. And I've got people saying, "I want books that you got." I can give you the names of a whole bunch of books. I doubt seriously if you can read them all, and I doubt seriously if you'll even understand them all. I'm just tired of. I'm tired of the world, I'm getting real tired, I'm 82, it bothers me that my family didn't believe nothing I'm saying, if they did they haven't expressed it, and I just, I have put my life in studying the Bible, and I was in music for years, I was in music for about counting gospel music by 16 years i've been in this ministry right here going on 33 years and i've buried myself in the greek language for these last 40 years 42 years just I, i don't know what to say to my family i'm interested in their salvation they get mad if i correct them i just say i don't do that that's paganism They get mad at me. All I've got left is a younger brother, and he's a heathen. He's a charismatic, Pentecostal, tongue-speaking faith healer. Now, he won't claim that, but if you put your approval on that, and he's been pals and buddies with everybody from Kenneth Copeland to Paul Crouch to all those singers on TBN, and if you put your approval on, on somebody that's lying The Bible says you are partaker of their evil deeds. So my younger brother is a false teacher. He'll die and be put in hell for that if he doesn't repent of it. Does that bother me? Yeah, it does. Because I raised him in my home for so many years. I've tried to say things to him. He didn't want to hear it. Told him he had to repent one time. And he said, I'm not going to repent to you. And what he meant is, I'm not going to believe the things you're saying. I know you're not Dean. And it's bothered me for a long time that my sister, I really thought she'd believe these things. I don't know that she's been kind of upset at me. I would not go to my mother's funeral because I was going to run into my brother there. And I do not want to confront him because I am not going to fight anybody. And I would correct him for his erroneous sayings. There's a difference in rebuking somebody and demanding that they repent the day you rebuke them. You can't make them repent. Only God can do that. And I'm not going to go around where I'm going to have to rebuke my brother because I've already done it. More than twice. And uh, he's got a very wicked heart, and I don't believe he knows that. He thinks he's a Christian, because he was at TBN. He told me one time when we were meeting in my basement over there, he said, We're worldwide, and you meet in a garage. Well, maybe we're worldwide now. Where are you meeting, Dean? And if you meet in the garage, you're one of the few. Few will find the narrow way. And um, I'm at the end of my end of my message. Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Help us to understand people. They're either elect or they're not. And all we have to do is say it to them. They'll either believe or they won't, according to your mercy and your grace. I pray that you'll give me understanding to continue to teach these words. Strengthen the flock. Help them to see how to live so they can grow in the truth. God, fight our battles. I don't ever want to fight anybody again. I'm old and tired and wore out. Give me strength to keep preaching this word. I pray that I'll preach it and just fall dead when I go out of the pulpit one day. Thank you for your word. Give us strength in Christ's name. Amen. I get so depressed with the world. If you get depressed, you're not alone. And you can't believe the truth and not get depressed. Jesus was depressed. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we're predestined to be like him. men of Sorrowful men and women and acquainted with grief.